everyone and welcome to a day in the life podcast brought to you by the University of Leeds Career Service. I'm Leanne and throughout each episode I'll be chatting to employees from a range of industry sectors and backgrounds from craft beer to the civil service. We'll be discovering the ups, the downs and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of A Day in the Life podcast, where today I'll be chatting to Ellie Chambers from the Civil Service Fast Stream. The Civil Service is one of the largest employers in the UK. The Fast Stream is a talent management program for graduates who have potential to become leaders of the civil service. It's constantly ranked within the top 10 of the Times top 100 graduate employers. That was really hard to say. Um, They enable graduates to make an impact on people's lives in the UK and worldwide. And they cover areas such as education, economy, foreign affairs, defence policy, health, the environment and many, many more. So hello, Ellie. Thank you for joining me. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. So it'd be great to hear all about your role within the civil service and your journey up until this point. Um, But to begin with, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? So I'm Ellie. I studied at the University of Leeds from 2014 to 2018, doing a history undergraduate with a year abroad at Uppsala University in Sweden. Um, And then I stayed on at Leeds for another year doing a modern history master's. So I joined the Fast Stream a year after graduating from my master's. And I've just started my second year of the communications fast stream scheme. So I've already had two six month postings in the cabinet office disability unit, working in digital communications for the first posting and then internal communications in the second posting. And earlier this month, I moved to the Ministry of Justice, where I've started working as an external affairs manager. Wow. So you've already had a few different experiences there within the civil service so far. And Studying in Sweden for a year must have been amazing. It was brilliant. Yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights of university, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, everyone I speak to who did the year abroad says the same. Uh, What a fantastic opportunity. I think if anyone is listening and it's an option for you, then definitely look into it. I completely agree. It's um, certainly something I'd recommend everyone doing if they get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So your studies were in history and the roles you've had within the civil service, they've all had quite a communication focus, haven't they? Yeah. So did you have an interest in communication before joining the civil service or was this something that presented itself to you throughout the process of working there? Yeah, so there's various different schemes you can choose to apply to in the civil service and you put them in kind of your preference order. And I had always had a bit of an interest in communications. I really enjoyed writing and communicating. And that was certainly one of my strengths when I was doing my history degree. So it was my first choice for the fast stream. I put some other options down as well. And um, luckily, I ended up getting it, which was really great. Mm -hmm. So that's why all my postings so far have had that communications focus. And it's a four-year scheme and all the postings I do will be focused in different areas of communications to give me kind of a broad understanding and experience in various comms areas. And I think the final two years of the scheme will be kind of honing in and a year-long postings where I'll obviously get much more in-depth 
with a department, with a team and with a comms specialism. Wow, yeah. So four years, that's a really nice amount of time there to really indulge in that communication interest. Absolutely. There's loads of different schemes you can do with the fast stream, such as finance, digital and data, as well as the generalist scheme. And several of the specialist schemes, including the comms one I'm doing, also have a qualification with them via various professional bodies. So for example, now that I've started my second year, I'll be doing a level six diploma with the Chartered Institute of Marketing. So that's another real bonus, I think, from the fast stream. If if you choose one of the kind of specialist schemes, getting the opportunity to really get that level of experience and training. And how did you find getting onto the fast stream? What was the process like for you? Um, So I actually took a couple of application rounds before I was accepted onto the fast stream. And although some people do get on in their first try, I I think that's the more fast streamers I've spoken to, I'm realising, you know, that's actually quite unusual. I think most people have have to give it a couple of shots or, or more before they're successful. So there's a yearly application process to the fast stream and various different stages that you progress through, starting with kind of questionnaires and situational or behavioral testing. You then have a video interview. And if you're successful, you end up at an assessment centre. If you've chosen any of the specialist schemes, you might also have a final selection board if you're successful at the assessment centre. So I had a couple of those as well after the assessment centre for both communications and project delivery until I'd found out I was kind of successful with my first choice. But it it meant that I think by the end of it, I'd done quite a lot of different kind of (laughs) questionnaires and tests and um, all the rest of it. Did you find that you were progressing further and further each time you applied once you, you know, got to know the application process and everything? Yeah, the first time I applied for the fast stream, actually, I didn't get Mm -hmm. past the first stage. So (laughs) um, it definitely got better um, after that point. I think the second year I only got to the video interview. And then the third time I applied, which is when I got the offer, I just kind of sailed through all of it. And I think all but one of my options were kind of still open to me by the end, which felt really good (laughs) by the time I was uh, waiting for the final selection board. Wow. Okay, so people, they shouldn't be put off if they don't make it the first or even the second or third time round, just just keep trying. And if anything, it sounds like it gets easier. Absolutely. I mean, for me, I looking back, I think I probably developed and changed quite a lot and improved quite a lot over those years. At the time I was doing it, I was thinking, I don't know why I've kind of got so much further this year. I'm exactly <laughs> the same as I was last year. But um, I think there's that element of maturity and the kind of skills and experience that you can gain over just a year or two. And I think that is really reflected back in, in the application process. So to give our listeners some insight into what it's actually like to work for the civil service, I know there are a really wide variety of roles out there, but what does a typical day look like for you? Sure. So you've kind of hit the nail on the head there with, with the variety of roles. And I, I think that kind of translates as a typical day will look very different for everyone. So for example, my first posting I was in, I was working as a digital communications professional in the Cabinet Office Disability Unit. My days were really varied, but the kind of key things that I was doing every day would be working on our Twitter grid because I was leading our social media. Um, so there'd be reactive work, for example, 
I might have to write the copy for a tweet for the minister or respond to something that was happening in the news. And then there'd be the more proactive stuff. So planning and creating content for all the socials. I also ran our government blog site. So planning and researching or drafting blogs. And as well with all of this regular analytics and evaluations. Um, On top of this, all sorts of things, obviously, different projects um, and campaigns were coming up within the wider team. And these were all things that I kind of threw myself into and got uh, thoroughly involved in and was able to help lead on. So, you know, as these things progressed over the six months I was doing this, I obviously got involved in a ton of different kind of projects and areas. And so my kind of day to day and weekly tasks and priorities shifted quite frequently and quite dramatically over this time. Mm-hmm. In my internal comms role, it was obviously quite a shift. However, I was still working with the same team. So some of my work streams carried over from what I'd been doing within digital comms. But my role was more about helping a transition program we were doing within the disability unit and helping coordinate the communications strategy for that and writing copy for various communications products that we were making for that and helping with some of the kind of strategic communications across the team. Also, while I was working in the disability unit, the National Disability Strategy was launched, which was led by DU. So I ended up doing a lot of the communications launch and coordinating other government departments on their launch communications. So that kind of carried through both postings as well and obviously took up a great deal of my time, especially in the run-up to the launch. So there's loads of opportunity there to get involved with a really wide variety of projects. Yeah, absolutely. Is it encouraged that you get involved with lots of things and, and try as much as you can? Yeah, it absolutely is encouraged. Certainly the idea on the fast stream is that you get involved with as much as you possibly can, obviously within reason, and that you get as much experience and development opportunities as possible. Um, I found that Although there were some kind of tasks or areas of work that were kind of crucial for my development or for the posting and that I had to do, I also had a lot of flexibility. So every time there was something that particularly interested me or if I identified with my manager an area for development, I was able to communicate that to the rest of the team and everyone would kind of ensure I was able to maybe lead on a piece of work that I was particularly interested in or support another colleague on something where perhaps my skills were less developed and I I wanted some more experience or, or a bit more support with that area. Um, So it's definitely encouraged that you kind of get stuck in, that you really take the reins with your own learning and development. Um, And, you know, it means you can kind of craft your fast stream experience into how you'd like it to look and into something that really works for you. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a one size fits all job. There is a lot of flexibility there and encouragement to take on different tasks and lead on areas where possible. Absolutely. I'd say it's really one of the strengths of working well, both in the civil service, but especially within the fast stream. It's just completely encouraged to take your development into your own hands and search out what works for you and yeah no two experiences are the same. So what do you like most about working for the civil service? I really like being in the heart of government certainly when I was working in the cabinet office I I really felt that kind of on a daily basis and I think certainly working as a kind of public servant that has to be your motivator. Uh, for me, I do find it really motivating waking up in the morning and feeling like the work 
I'm doing is for the public good and has real kind of tangible and positive effects on people across the UK. Uh, For example, when I was working for the National Disability Strategy, you know, my work satisfaction was probably at an all time high Mm -hmm. and watching that get delivered and knowing I'd made a real kind of impact on the communications efforts for that felt really, really good and was hugely motivating. So that's definitely a real kind of key part of the job that I really love. In a more kind of day-to-day thing, I I really like how dynamic it is. Um, I certainly never get bored at work. I get so many different tasks and opportunities all the time. Uh, It's not like you're ever going to get stuck in a rut. I like that I get to craft my work around my interests um, and that we get given the opportunity and and actively encouraged to, you know, take something and run with it. And I really appreciate all the training we get, all the kind of learning and development opportunities. And for example, I'm looking forward to doing my Chartered Institute of Marketing qualification this year. I think that's a really great opportunity and a real bonus to to doing one of the specialist bar streams. There must be a huge amount of job satisfaction at the civil service because it seems like a lot of the work that goes on there is is making a difference, a real difference to communities and tackling issues that really matter. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of flexibility as well. Um, so I know that some of my fast stream colleagues have had the opportunity to go and cover in private office for a week or often departments will be looking for cover or, or extra hands. So, for example, I spent a couple of days in the home office earlier this year volunteering as a social media manager to help with their Afghan relocation resettlement scheme and that was a obviously a fantastic opportunity but again it was one of those times where the civil service works so well at getting the resources where they're needed and the fact that you know I was able to go and just volunteer some of my time to help support that again it just felt super worthwhile it felt like I was actually doing something that was making a tangible difference and also just on a personal level the kind of experience um, I got supporting a different team obviously it was quite a kind of last minute operation so I I learned loads kind of doing that these sorts of experiences and those sorts of opportunities don't really crop up in many other workplaces so I think that's a real real strength yeah really good point there about working with different colleagues as well there's so much to learn from other people in the workplace and it can really give you some context as well as to where you sit within the bigger picture absolutely Absolutely. And what are some of the challenges you face in this role? So for me, I think one of the things I found a bit harder has actually been changing jobs every six months. This only happens on the comms scheme for the first two years. And I'm already a year in. So there's not much more kind of swapping I'll have to do. But I have found it meant that, you know, by the time you start getting stuck in, you start thinking, oh, no, I'm actually going in, you know, four months or three months now. Mm -hmm. So obviously, everyone deals with change differently. And I think it's taught me a lot. And it's been very good for me. But I also felt like I never fully relaxed into my job before I realized I was having to start to think about something else and think about, you know, my end of posting review and things. Um, when I was thinking oh I've kind of just really got into this and actually there's loads more I want to do in this role now so I think that can sometimes be a bit tiring for me personally I have a chronic illness which is kind of energy limiting so I think 
changing jobs and investing kind of all that extra energy that you have to invest when you start a new job, you know, getting to learn what's going on in that team, learning about the context and everything about that department, as well as learning, you know, what you're going to be doing every day, as well as upskilling and whichever specialist area you're working in. It it can be quite tiring. And I, I think that kind of upheaval is a bit unsettling sometimes. Yeah. That said, it's really worked well for me. And I think it's been really good for me to have this change and because of the change you you are getting all these kind of extra opportunities and extra learning which which you wouldn't otherwise get so I, I still think it's worth it but that's definitely something that um you have to be on board with if you're doing the fast stream uh, the other thing I've noticed is communications is naturally pretty fast paced and I really enjoy that but again it can be quite tiring and if you're not careful if you're not good at really focusing on a good work-life balance I feel sometimes it can seep into other aspects of your life thankfully the civil service is really good at promoting kind of well-being and a very healthy work-life balance uh, which I really really appreciate but it's definitely something that I've had to consciously think about because it's so easy just to especially working from home it's so easy to just check another email and not turn off your work phone and all the rest of it so I've I've had to get very good at (laughs) being strict with myself there yeah when you're working from home sometimes it feels like you never leave the office because the office is right there so it's good to have those boundaries between the work and life balance yeah and I think a lot of people have struggled to navigate that and you know find where work ends and where home life begins I noticed that working from home compared to working in the office uh in the office you naturally get distracted by more and a colleague might pop over and you know ask your advice on something or someone might offer you a coffee or or you know there's there's always something going on whereas at home I suddenly realized four hours have gone by and I I haven't moved (laughs) and I have to remind myself to walk around the house or get a cup of tea or something yeah really important just to have a five minute breather as well from the screen but yeah it's nice that sometimes you do get to that stage with your work and you're really engrossed in it and you you just can't stop absolutely and I think one of the best things is being able to work flexibly and and have flexible hours so for example if I'm working on a project and it is kind of eating into my time and I spend a couple of extra hours you know for a couple of nights a week working on it I can then take those hours back at another point when, when the workloads calm down a bit and that's been really great it's been really great to be able to be that flexible and and to have that encouraged and kind of supported by management as well it's definitely really helped in lockdown and working from home Mm -hmm. to be able to do that yeah it just helps balance it all out and work to a schedule that suits you I think so I can imagine the the six-month rotation um being quite difficult actually because sometimes it can take about six months before you finally know what you're doing with a new job and having to learn a new role is really quite mentally exhausting as well but like you said with that you are getting so many experiences and and delving into different areas of the service and you really do get to figure out your strengths and what you enjoy doing yeah I've been really lucky all the placements that I've had so far and I mean I've only had three so far have all been areas I'm really interested in and I've been working with really great teams I I think one of the main things is that if you know exactly what you want to go into for example if, if I had known which area of communications I wanted to do and I was really keen on that and I already had some experience in it and you know I wasn't interested in anything else 
then the fast stream possibly wouldn't be for me because the whole point is that you're getting all these different experiences and although you can maybe shape some of your work within that posting you can't choose your postings themselves you you are expected to rotate through various different kind of disciplines and and departments as well so I I think for me, I've been really lucky. They've been great. But also, I think what's happened to a lot of people is they might be given a posting and they think, oh, no, this, this, you know, isn't the department mm-hmm. I wanted or isn't the area I thought I wanted to go into. And they're not very excited about it. And then when they end up there, sometimes those ones are actually the best ones. And, you know, they find that those postings are some of, you know, their most enjoyable ones. So I think definitely staying open minded and not being too set on what you want to do when you start is is definitely helpful. Mm -hmm. Do you think there are any misconceptions about working for the civil service? So a misconception I had actually until I joined was I thought the work and the roles that people had would be a lot more rigid. And I think this is partly kind of credit to the fast stream. But I kind of thought, you know, a civil servant, I had this idea of someone in a grey suit who would be, you know, have some really niche policy area. And that would be all they did. And they'd sit at their desk for, you know, 30 years. And, and that that would be that. And and perhaps, you know, I thought, mm, I don't know how, how exciting that would be and all the rest of it. And I I couldn't be more wrong, although people obviously do have areas of expertise and such like the civil service itself is so dynamic. There's so much cross departmental collaboration going on all the time. You're exposed to so many different areas and and so much interlinks. So I've ended up contacting people from various different departments about things that I didn't even know would fall under, you know, the remit of disability. And I just think, uh, yeah, it's a lot more dynamic. It's a lot more varied than I thought. And also there's there's no kind of one type of person in the civil service. I think that was also one of my misconceptions. I thought everyone would be the same or have gone to the same sorts of schools or universities. I thought everyone would know loads more about politics than me. And that is completely wrong as well. There's such a kind of diverse range of people. And I know the civil service is really committed to be more inclusive and create an even more diverse civil service. And that's certainly how I felt, you know, everyone's welcome. And and you, you see that every day, which is really nice. So those old fashioned notions are no more. <laughs> I think so. And have you learned anything surprising about yourself through working there? Um, I, I've learned loads about myself working here. <laughs> in terms of my professional career in communications, I had no idea when I joined what area I wanted to go into. And I still have a few different kind of rotations to do before I will specialise. However, I think I probably want to go into digital communications, which certainly I didn't think would be the area I found most exciting when I joined but it's a real passion of mine now and even when I was working in internal comms and now in external affairs I'll be doing what I can to put those skills I've developed into practice and keep honing those and developing those so that's really nice and I think other things is having worked uh, during the pandemic I've realized I'm still very good at building relationships with colleagues and kind of really gelling into a team whilst working from home in my previous role in the cabinet office I never actually met my colleagues face to face I never went into the office I worked from home for the entire year Mm -hmm. and I was really worried when I when I joined that I'd struggle to fit in or gel with the team properly given that I wasn't meeting them and many of them had already met in person however it really wasn't an issue and everyone has adapted so so well to working virtually so that surprised me and I kind of 
it took myself by surprise at how well that went and actually how much I ended up enjoying working from home as well. I think a lot of things are moving towards a hybrid working pattern now, which I really welcome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think remote working is something that many employers have adopted, especially within the last couple of years. And it's likely to remain in place to some extent. Um, So for anyone listening at a time where virtual work might be the case it's it's comforting I'm sure to hear that you've had a really positive experience especially starting a new role that way as well yeah and I can echo it I mean I've been working remotely for about 18 months now just recently going back into the office a couple of days per week which is really nice but it's amazing actually how the sense of community is still very much there while you're working from home. Yeah. So are you back in the office now or is it a mix of both? Um, a little bit of both. So I'm commuting into the office at least once a week and hoping to, to start going in twice a week as well. I, I've literally only just started two weeks ago, so it's, it's still <laughs> early days. But yeah, I'm hoping to do two weeks in the office so that I get that nice balance between working from home where... I actually find I kind of focus really well and I'm really productive but then I also get days in the office where I can be a bit more sociable and meet people in person and kind of enjoy those aspects as well. Yeah definitely positives to both and so you mentioned that after you finished rotating and doing all of those different roles that you eventually specialize. Yeah. And once you've decided on a specialism is that permanent or is there still room to change? pretty much within the civil service people do often kind of move around or change their policy area or certainly in communications there's some flexibility with people moving between different disciplines I know that you'll specialize for kind of one year in one area that might not be where you want to go into permanently it might be an area you just realize is is an area for development and something you want to focus on in that way or it might be something that you you know absolutely know you want to do in which case you're just building on those skills to prime yourself as best as possible to get that grade seven promotion when you leave the fast stream but yeah I'd I'd say it's certainly not the be all and end all Mm -hmm. (laughs) which kind of last posting you get I think there's so many opportunities and the joy of the fast stream is that you're not just picking up you know very limited and specific skills in one area you end up as such kind of you know a professional with such broad skills and interests and talents that you end up very employable across the civil service yeah it sounds like such an amazing place to develop your skills and really just fine-tune what it is you like to do and what you're good at yeah absolutely Ellie thank you so much for giving our listeners a glimpse into your life at the civil service today I know that the civil service do run insight sessions so if any of our listeners are interested do keep an eye out for those on the my career event section I know the fast stream are really popular amongst our students and graduates so it's been really great to hear about your experience working there Ellie. Thanks for having me it's been great. If any of our listeners want to reach out to you on LinkedIn is that okay? Yeah no they'd be more than welcome to that's fine with me um yeah Eleanor Chambers on LinkedIn so. I'll include those details on the write-up of this episode thanks everyone for listening. Thanks so much. And there we have it the final episode of our day in the life podcast series if you haven't already do go and check out the other episodes I'll include a link to all of them in today's summary and if you have a question for any of our guests you'll also find their contact details in each episode summary on my career 
I'll include my email address there as well. But thanks again for listening and do keep an eye out for more careers podcasts in the near future.